Today is Cantate Sunday, the fourth Sunday after Easter. And the Gospel reading appointed for this day is from the 16th chapter of St. John's Gospel, beginning with the fifth verse. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. On the three Sundays that precede the Festival of the Ascension, there is a unity of theme centered on the response of the Church to the revelation of the work of the Lord. Jubilate, cantate, rogate. Last Sunday, we observed that the Church will rejoice, and today the theme is set forth in the song of God's people. In the words of the introit, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. The pious joy of the children of God, at the good news of our salvation, the proclamation of the resurrection of the Christ, is lived out in the knowledge of the present enmity of the world. This is to say, as church, we rejoice at the resurrection and ascension of the Lord, and await the return of the Lord in glory. But the world is angry with this news, and hates the church which proclaims it. We sing a hymn of thanksgiving to our, our Lord, but the world would silence that hymn. The hymn is the repetition of the word which the Lord has spoken to us. All the world would remain silent before the Lord, if he had not given us that which to say. When the world speaks, imagining that the Lord is far distant, it speaks blasphemy and lies. But in the day of the judgment, the tongues of the unregenerate will be silenced. The words of the epistle reading from St. James for today teach us how dangerous it is for men to speak of their own accord. But the Lord has given his word to us, so that we may believe, and believing, speak and sing. These weeks which precede the ascension are times of anticipation. Therefore, the gospel lections are drawn from this anticipatory passage in the gospel according to St. John. The disciples heard the word of the Lord on the night in which he was betrayed, that they would be prepared for the coming days of sorrow, beginning with the Lord's arrest, his trial, his crucifixion and death. Now we understand these passages in terms both of the anticipation for the Lord's visible ascent to the right hand of the Father and to his return in glory. For our Lord spoke of that which would come to pass after his crucifixion, death, resurrection, and ascension. For he declared, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. There was the first seemingly brief time of departure when our Lord was in the tomb until the third day. Now there is what seems the more protracted time of his departure when he has ascended to the right hand of the Father. 
But this time, though it seems protracted, I tell you that it is far less grievous than that which the disciples endured. For they, remaining in the upper room, were not yet witnesses to the Lord's victorious resurrection from the dead. The sorrows of those days were of a different character from that which we now know. Now, those years stretch out. The nature of the days is different. Now we know that the Lord will come again, and our lives are a time of anticipation. We are busy with our vocations, but we know that the Lord's return will transpire. If the disciples were tempted to despair, we are now tempted by impatience. Consider the words with which our Lord concluded the parable of the unjust judge. For he declared, And shall not God and shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Here is the danger. The hearts of men are tempted to doubt when faith relies not on the word, but on our own perceptions. What feels like a long interval between the ascension and our Lord's return exercises the faith of God's people from generation to generation, as we are taught to rely not on our our perception, but on the divinely given word. It was thus that our Lord said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The disciples were, at that time, not yet the apostles who were witnesses of the resurrection. In the fullness of time, on Pentecost, in the days which that followed, the divinely inspired apostles taught the church by word and epistle, so that the whole of revealed doctrine, all that Jesus would have to be taught in the church, is contained in Holy Writ, that is, in the sacred scriptures. This is that advantage which the Lord spoke of in this gospel reading, when he declared, It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. When the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles on Pentecost, a profound blessing was granted to the church, for the Holy Spirit gave to the apostles the very words to speak and write. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit was immediately beheld by those who heard the apostolic teaching. Thus, in Acts 4, when St. Peter and St. John had been arrested, we read that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together in Jerusalem. Now Peter, who had once denied his Lord when questioned by a servant girl in the high priest's home, boldly and succinctly confessed Christ when they were asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? For we read, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in the other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. 
In John chapter 16, we hear how Jesus spoke to his disciples of the threefold work of the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. We see this in the brief sermon, if you will, which St. Peter preached to the Jewish rulers. Those who do not believe will not be held blameless. They will be condemned for their unbelief. In the hard-heartedness of sin, men may imagine that they will make their own way to God, or have nothing to answer for, or that some other path might lead to salvation. But there is no other, no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The Holy Spirit proclaims this salvation through the word, working faith when and where it pleaseth God among those who hear the gospel. Those who resist this word will not be held blameless. They are responsible for what they have heard and ignored. It is worth noting in passing that today is also the festival day of St. Athanasius of Alexandria. Following the Council of Nicaea in AD 325, St. Athanasius became one of the great defenders of the faithful confession of the two natures in Christ. He was persecuted by emperors and contended with enemies of the faith on almost every side until at last he was known as Athanasius Contramundum, Athanasius against the world. As a faithful bishop and teacher of the church, he could not, would not, yield in the confession of the truth. It is fitting that the epistle for his festival is from Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, beginning with the words, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. This is what is seen in the faithful confession, and it is into this faithful confession that we have been baptized. We have been baptized into the Christ. We have been taught the faith. To us the word is given, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The Holy Spirit is at work through the word, which is implanted within us, which we have heard, and he brings us to acknowledge our sins, to confess them, and to receive again that word of absolution which he causes to be spoken to us. Faith is created by the work of the Holy Spirit through the Word. Of his own will he brought us forth by the Word of Truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Faith is not the work of man, it is the work of God. And by faith the Lord has made us partakers of his grace in Christ Jesus. The atonement which the Christ has accomplished through his suffering and death for us is that which we believe through faith in Christ Jesus, and believing have the forgiveness of all sin. It is the Holy Spirit who unites the church in this hope. The word thus convicts all false teachers, whose man-made doctrines would distract us from the divine word. There are many who are seduced by such doctrines of men. That we are kept in the true faith is only by the work of the Spirit of the Lord. But as we remain steadfast in the divinely revealed faith, we have our peace in Christ Jesus, our risen Lord, who even now intercedes for us at the right hand of the Father, is he was given the word to us that we might have consolation and peace in the midst of this fallen world. The word assures us concerning the Father that with him there is no variation or shadow of turning. His will for us is known through his word to us. 
and that is the word through which we believe in the Christ and are saved, walking before the Lord in repentance, and abiding in Him into whom we have been baptized. Any who would deny the importance of doctrine, of teaching, are among those who would lead us away from the word. We know according to that word which is implanted in us, that the right division of the word, the faithful knowledge of doctrine, is bound up with the life of faith, which flows forth from the work of the Lord, sustained in the truth, having our faith in Christ Jesus, we look up, we lift up our heads, knowing that our Savior will return in glory and gather his saints, his church, to be with him forever. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who makest the minds of the faithful to be of one will, grant unto thy people that they may love what thou commandest and desire what thou dost promise, that among the manifold changes of this world our hearts may there be fixed where true joys are to be found. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10 a.m. worship service. Sunday school follows after the divine service. We also have our midweek services on Wednesday in the morning at 11 a.m., and we invite you to join us on those occasions as well. Salem is located approximately two miles north of Malone, off of FM 308. For more information on Salem Lutheran Church or these broadcasts, you may visit us on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.